Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent intro music this time around. Welcome to Slipstream Episode 1. This is a new audio blog brought to you by NotQuiteRandom.com. And uh, NotQuiteRandom.com will soon be relaunched in May. We're about to uh, launch that as a unification platform for a bunch of different brands. So uh, keep an eye on that. But uh, Slipstream, Episode 1, I'm your host, Brent Houston. And this is the Quarantine Haircut Edition uh, if you're like everyone else in the world, you're locked in quarantine. Uh, this is day 47, I think, uh, for us uh, here. And uh, today I'm recording this uh, initial version of Slipstream uh, from the compound in Ohio. Uh, so I live in uh, the Hocking Hills in a, in a compound uh, when I'm here in the States and, uh, that's where this is coming to you from. So, uh, and as the title suggests, I have received my quarantine haircut. Uh, so if this were a video podcast, you could all make fun of me, but, uh, assume that, uh, it's awful and, uh, that, um, it will grow back out. So I hope all of you are having that same experience. So, uh, let's kind of jump into some things. The first and most obvious question, of course, is what in the hell is this Slipstream uh, audio blog about? And so uh, I want to talk a little bit about this and, and what the plan is and um, you know why this is different than my State of Security podcast. So uh, first of all, uh, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Timex. Uh, he has been the driving force behind getting me to do this podcast. Over the last several years, a number of people have asked me to put together a podcast where I talk about, uh, you know, what, what I'm working on, what I'm reading, um, what research I'm doing, um, some things about different mental models that I use or how I do some of the things, uh, that I do, and uh, tell some of the stories that come out of uh, the work that I do and, and the day-to-day life that I live. So um, Timex has been the, uh, the person who's been the sort of most uh, pushing for this type of, uh, of blog. Um, and uh, I thought, what better way to put this together? So it's going to be informal, uh, as you might guess, uh, since it's sponsored by NotQuiteRandom.com. Uh, it, it will be informal and, and pretty relaxed and laid back. Uh, the idea is to try to put together an episode a week and make this something that's enjoyable for folks to uh, listen to while they walk on the treadmill or uh, right now enjoy any other of the quarantined activities while we socially distance. Yes, it's, uh, I hope you're safe. I hope this uh, podcast finds you and your family safe. And uh, everybody continues that way. So that's really what it is. Uh, the idea is to have a, a short uh, weekly burst of updates. Uh, some will be longer than others as, uh, as the podcast uh, tends to be. Uh, so uh, let's see. Let's start things off. I'm, I'm sitting here in the compound. As I said, it's a pretty rainy day. And, uh, but I'm sipping on some Stash Meyer Lemon Tea. 
You just have a little drink of that there. That's fantastic. Uh, I find the Meyer lemon to be perfect with the Splenda. Uh, so just as an aside. Now, um, to get this kind of started, Timex provided me some questions uh, that he could he kind of wanted the answers to. So, uh, Timex, this one's for you. If you uh, if you want to send me some questions or things for me to talk about on the podcast, feel free to do so. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at L-B-H-U-S-T-O-N. That's L-B-Houston. Uh, plus, uh, by now, I would assume if you found this podcast, you also know how to get a hold of me uh, through email. So uh, look online there if, if you're interested. And, uh, of course, you can visit notquiterandom.com for some other contact information. So, uh, Timex, here's a few of the questions that you asked me. Uh, I've got some more coming up in the next uh, few weeks as well. Uh, so uh, we'll try to keep some of these uh, spread out over a few weeks and make it nice and listenable. Uh, so there you go. All right. So Timex asked kind of what am I reading uh, right now, first off. So um, I'm, I am interestingly reading a hardback book uh, that was very difficult to obtain. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's actually a huge size coffee table size, uh, hardback book. That was the only way I could buy it, but it is poor Charlie's almanac, uh, as written by and about Charlie Munger. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Charlie Munger is, you probably know who Warren Buffett is. Well, uh, Charlie is his sidekick, although some would say, uh, they are, they are also equal titans. Um, Charlie Munger is also uh, involved in all of uh, Berkshire Hathaway and, and the successes of Charlie over the years. Um, and where Warren is sort of uh, Warren Buffett, if you've read The Snowball, you kind of know about his odd life and some of the ways he thinks. Uh, poor Charlie's Almanac is sort of an homage to that. Uh, it certainly uh, lays out how Munger thinks, what he thinks, and, and paints a, a view of his life. Um, so very, very interesting. Um, what is fascinating about the book, of course, is not just Charlie's wit and wisdom, uh, but it describes in detail many of the mental models that uh, Munger uses and um, how those are uh, brought into his business and personal life. So uh, fascinating read if you can get your hands on the book. Um, it was not available in a digital edition uh, when, I, when I looked at it before. So that's, uh, that's the first book I'm reading. The second book I'm reading right now, as many of you know, I often read three or four books at a time. Um, but during the quarantine, I'm spending so much time uh, reading about uh, different science uh, and, and research that's going on uh, around the virus that essentially I'm, I'm down to only two books. Uh, the other book I'm reading is Surely You're Joking. Uh, Surely You Must Be Joking, Mr. Feynman, uh, which is all about Richard Feynman and um, kind of talks about uh, his life. And if uh, you're not familiar with Feynman, he is, of course, one of the great minds in physics, uh, but also... Uh, quite a spectacular uh, character, um, and uh, his life is full of practical jokes and um, pranks where he used his intelligence and 
his uh, wit, wisdom, and, and knowledge of physics uh, to, uh, to really do some fascinating things. So fantastic read. It's also, uh, when you read the Munger book, um, you know, much like the snowball, it's, it's very, uh, mid to upper range reading. Um, but Feynman, uh, Feynman's book, uh, is written in such colloquial language that, uh, it's quite an easy and fascinating read. And, uh, I often find myself, uh, you know, sort of snickering at some of the stories in it. So, uh, surely you're joking. I think it's called, or surely you must be joking, Mr. Feynman. Um, you'll find it out there available on the Kindle. Fantastic read. Uh, excellent for this quarantine time. Now I'm telling you that tea is just phenomenal. Uh, just phenomenal. So, uh, second question, what am I watching? Um, gosh, you know, like everybody else, I think we've watched so many movies. It seems like we watch four or five movies a night or a week, excuse me, a week now, um, since we're, we're at home and we're, we're taking advantage of all of these different streaming services. Uh, but the, the movie that we've watched in the last week that really, really stuck with me, uh, is a movie called Gifted. And uh, Gifted uh, was several years ago, you know, uh, but it, it is a story uh, about a young math prodigy and uh, the relationship she has uh, with her uncle who is raising her. And uh, I won't give away uh, much more than that, but the acting is phenomenal. The story is uh, just really breathtaking and just a really, really great film. Um, so gifted if you have a chance to do that. The other one I'll tell you that stands out, and we've been watching things like The Banker and Harriet, and um, we went back and watched the Red series, Red 1 and Red 2, uh, which my wife enjoys and, and finds quite humorous. Um, but uh, the other movie that really has stuck with us that we've watched uh, last week is a movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Peanut Butter Falcon. And uh, I think it's on Apple uh, now as a, as a 99 cent rental. Um, but it is just a phenomenal film. It's a movie about a young man who has Down syndrome and some relationships and an adventure that he has as he tries to uh, pursue his lifetime career goal of becoming a professional wrestler. Uh, so great acting, fantastic story, uh, very, very positive. It has a couple of down moments, but uh, you are really just left with the beauty of uh, the innocence of, of this uh, young man. And um, it really just takes away your uh, sadness. It's just so incredible to watch this, this young man and his portrayal. Uh, really, really just rise. Absolutely phenomenal. Peanut Butter Falcon um, is is really a movie to watch. Fantastic. Might not be suitable for small kids, but uh, certainly if you've got late-stage teenagers, uh, it, they, uh, they might enjoy it. Um, another question is, what am I experimenting with right now? Um, and so Timex knows I'm a bit of a... Uh, of a uh, I live my life via experimentation, and um, so right now I have gone back 
and I've started experimenting with a new tropic uh, called L-tyrosine. That's L-tyrosine. Um, and uh, this is a, a, an interesting compound. Um, completely legal. You can order it on Amazon. I think I use the Now brand. Uh, I'll put a link in the in the notes, uh, probably an affiliate link. So if you guys buy it through that, along with the stash tea, I might make a couple of pennies. But um, uh, so why L-tyrosine, first of all, and why a nootropic? Um, so L-tyrosine is uh, designed to help balance out uh, some of the different hormones uh, in your body, um, particularly, uh, you know, epinephrine, uh, serotonin, and dopamine. And so like many folks in the beginning of this uh, quarantine, I was struggling with, uh, you know, sort of the impacts of it. And, and I wanted to help, um, help myself have a, a better positive attitude. Um, and so uh, I decided I hadn't taken l since my 20s. Um, and I had experimented it, experimented with it uh, back then, and the effects were pretty positive uh, during a very trying time of my life when my father passed. Um, and so I returned to it, um, and I've begun taking it. Uh, I've been taking it now for about two weeks. I take it once a day uh, in the morning with my morning coffee, and uh, it does seem to be assisting me in uh, having a more balanced approach and certainly with some of the mental awareness. Uh, I do plan to cycle on and off. Uh, so I plan to use it for a month, take two weeks off, use it for a month, take two weeks off uh, through the, the, life, uh, the life plan of this. Um, you know, you should read about it, obviously, before you try it. It is a new tropic, so it does change your brain chemistry. Um, and it is, it is, uh, something that is pretty powerful. Uh, and there are some potential side effects. So I'm not a doctor. Don't play one on the internet. Uh, don't do this just because I said so, but it's, it's an interesting topic, uh, to take a look at. So L-tyrosine, if you're interested, uh, again, I'll add some, some notes in the, in the, uh, show notes. Um, uh, Let's see. Next question was uh, research projects. Kind of what research projects am I doing right now? Uh, what things am I playing with? So really right now I have two research projects running. Um, I'm continuing to work on machine-assisted learning. Um, and so if you kind of think of uh, MAL as uh, a combination of machine learning, that is that is machines, uh, software, and hardware performing high-level analytics against a variety of data sets. Uh, and the opposite, the, the outcome side of it, is uh, rapid skills acquisition. So the idea that uh, humans will uh, need to acquire skills in a more rapid fashion uh, as we sort of deal with the impacts of technology moving forward, we're going to need to retool more quickly. Uh, we're going to need to uh, move from one skill to an adjacent skill rather quickly. And so my answer to that is uh, let's use 
machine learning and uh, the capability to perform rapid data analytics on large data sets uh, in order to create on-the-fly curriculum for humans based around the ideas of rapid skills acquisition. And so as you kind of think about this, uh, the first thing that we built in this, pro in this process was uh, we built some data analytics to handle subjects and do concept extraction and concept analysis. Um, and I'll talk more about this over the coming weeks, but uh, just to, to kind of bring you up to where we are. Uh, so we have uh, this sort of engine and you feed data into the engine and the engine tears down the data and, and, and extracts the core concepts, does a lot of correlation and essentially tries to find uh, the, the bare principles of what it is that you're trying to learn. And then from that bare principles, it tries to extrapolate from the data all of the various supporting information around those principles, those core principles, and express that out in a way that makes it easy for you to apply rapid uh, skills acquisition techniques uh, to it. So it's sort of an automated focus. Um, so we built an engine to do that, it ingests the data and spit out uh, the data in such a way that uh, it supported rapid skills acquisition. And then from there, that was about a year ago, and then we spent the last uh, several months really refining a browser type of experience. So we've written our own web browser uh, to do that site by site. So now you can take in large amounts of data and feed it in and generate curriculum for rapid skills acquisition. But you can also do this on a site by site basis where uh, you can take content, tear it down to its uh, core principles, rebuild around each core principle some syntax and context, uh, and then have that produced for you both as text and as um, an automatically, uh, autonomously generated mind map of uh, the, the content. Uh, the next step is to take that browser and uh, sort of build that backwards into the engine so that we have the ability to not just look at one site, but to do that across a, a topic set. Um, so for example, if you were to say, I wanted to learn to windsurf, uh, the idea is to have an engine that would go out to the internet, grab all of the content around windsurfing, uh, tear that down to core principles, rebuild context around those core principles, and deliver to you a rapid skills acquisition curriculum for you to learn uh, windsurfing uh, in a short amount of time. So that's sort of machine-assisted learning. Uh, at a high level, I'll be talking more about that, of course, over the next several episodes. But uh, that is the first experiment that we're running, and, and we're making some pretty good progress uh, here in the Trinity Lab, uh, as we call uh, the compound here in Ohio. Um, second uh, thing that I'm sort of working on these days is uh, doing some research on fishing kits and uh, we've captured a wide variety of samples, um, some number in the high hundreds to uh, low uh, thousands. We are getting new kits every day. Uh, those kits are being run through an analytics engine, and myself and some of my mentees are working on uh, 
withdrawing some of the analytics from that and making sense of some of the data. Uh, we're also looking at the underground markets and how fishing kits are sold. Uh, what are the differentiators? What are the relationships between threat actors? What's the evolutionary space of uh, these different fishing kit techniques? Um, how are they uh, uniquely valued in the market? Uh, those kinds of things. So a lot of folks have looked at the phishing email side of uh, the phishing equation, and some folks have looked at the black market, uh, dark market parts, but uh, we really want to analyze in mass these phishing kits and sort of come up with, uh, you know, sort of how they operate, how they're built, how they evolve over time, um, how they perform targeting, um, really learning more about the supply side of uh, the fishing business. And so we're, we're undertaking that uh, process. And it's, it's pretty deep here in the Trinity Lab where we're doing a, a pretty large amount of uh, fishing kit uh, acquisition. Um, and we're, we're, of course, not buying them in the market. We don't support criminals. Um, but we are uh, acquiring them from compromised hosts around the world So uh, and from uh, our honeypots. So... Um, we're doing a lot of that and we've got a huge number of samples. So, um, next question from Timex, what are the mental models that you use the most? So I'll talk about this over the coming weeks as well. Uh, I'll try to do a model a week if, uh, if I feel it's appropriate, but the, what's the mental model I use the most has to be the Pareto principle. So the Pareto principle is you, everybody's familiar with this. It's the 80, 20 rule. Uh, the idea that 20% of effort gets you 80% of results. And you can apply that to many things. You certainly can apply it to rapid skills acquisition. Uh, for example, we talked about earlier windsurfing. Um, there are about, uh, you know, five or six core skills in windsurfing that you could develop, uh, that would make you, a proficient windsurfer. Now, certainly not an expert. You're not a master windsurfer if you can master these things. Uh, but this 20% of the entire bailiwick of windsurfing skills, there are 20% of that that will get you up in windsurfing enough to have fun uh, and enjoy 80% of, of the sport. So uh, this is true of customers as well in business. So 20% of of the customers produce about 80% of the income, um, and on and on and on. So uh, I'd say the mental model that I use the most in my life and in business and certainly in my scientific research uh, and data analytics is the Pareto Principle, trying to boil things down to uh, their Aristotle primary principles, the basic principles of things, uh, and identify what the relationships are between the very core principles of anything uh, so that we can identify the 20% we need to know to gain 80% proficiency uh, in a rapid fashion. So that's, that's really it, uh, it. If you want to read more about it, the Wikipedia entry for the Pareto Principle uh, is really, really fantastic. There's a number of books uh, that are available. Certainly, if you're a user of Blinkist or 12 Minutes like I am, uh, there, are, there are probably uh, five or six book summaries on each one based on the Pareto Principle that you could uh, learn rapidly. If you're not familiar with Blinkist or 12 Minute, um, those are two tools that uh, 
uh, take books, uh, primarily nonfiction or uh, productivity, you know, business books, and they boil them down to a summary. And then you can either read the summary or you can read, uh, listen to them, the summaries as audiobooks. Uh, and so I use that to sort of flesh out any books um, that I might want to read. I'll read the summaries before I read the big books. And I try to read uh, or listen to one to two. Uh, some days on a really good day, I might listen to three, but one to three uh, book summaries a day. And that lets me cover quite a bit of knowledge space uh, over time. So in a week, I might be listening to, you know, let's call it 20 different book summaries of uh, different books. And all I'm, again, all I'm really looking for here is the Pareto principle. What's the 20% of that book that I'm going to get 80% of the payoff uh, of, of having ingested? And, and so that's a tool that I use. Blinkist is the first one, and 12 Minutes is the second one. So uh, Blinkist is a yearly fee, uh, and 12 Minutes I bought... Um, I can't remember if it was AppSumo or uh, the, the, the Slashdot deals, uh, but it was a deal where I paid uh, $49 for lifetime access uh, to the library and uh, get new books every week. So um, always look for that. AppSumo and the Slashdot uh, lifetime deals, those are fantastic ways to buy software, buy tools where you pay once and use forever. So look for lifetime deals like that. All right, um, so I'm going to bring this to a close because it's been almost a half an hour, uh, but I want to talk about the story of the week last week for uh, Clawback. Clawback is uh, Microsoft, uh, my information security company, our product that uh, is essentially a data leak detection engine, runs in the cloud outside of the environment, so it's not dependent on traditional data leak protection DLP type of tools in the network. Uh, instead, this hunts down uh, and, and continually monitors for new forms of data leak for organizations. Fantastic product, about uh, anywhere between $100 and $200 a month. And I'll say that again. Yes, I, I didn't misstate that. $100 to $200 a month, and you can get this robust data uh, leak detection engine uh, that allows you to claw back data that has leaked to the internet and do takedowns and such. Um, and so to give you an example of what this does, uh, we were writing some new uh, recognition and search modules uh, a couple of weeks ago, testing those last week for voiceover IP configurations. And lo and behold, uh, what pops out on the very first test, but a set of Air Force-based uh, uh, configurations for their entire voice over IP architecture. And uh, it had been posted by a contractor uh, as an example of the work that the contractor had done uh, on their resume. Uh, but unfortunately, it contained uh, sensitive information, credentials for the voice over IP system, a couple of private certificates for the crypto, uh, for handling uh sensitive uh, and, and potentially classified conversations on voice over IP networks. Um, we tried to reach out to the Air Force, couldn't really figure out uh, who to get to. And so we reported that to our local FBI fusion center. And uh, within uh, about 12 hours, that was taken down. And, and we got feedback from the FBI that they 
the Air Force really appreciated it and uh, appreciated the heads up. It was a significant exposure, and they set out to try to uh, mitigate the exposure of that stuff. Um, but this just goes to show it's a common scenario. Uh, we find this all the time. As, as I tell these stories week to week, you'll hear more of them, uh, where developers and network managers and uh, device uh, configuration folks, they post these configurations to the Internet um, really as a part of their uh, sample of work. They're looking for their next job um, or they want to be able to draw on common configuration baselines and they don't realize that what they have placed on the Internet is dangerous to organizations. So, uh, again, you can check that out if you want, microsolved.com slash clawback. I'll put that in the, in the notes. No no pressure there if you're just interested or want to hear about it. I just thought it was interesting that uh, that kind of stuff, you can find it out on the Internet so easily. Um, we're finding stuff every week. Um, as, you know, The stories will abound, as I'll tell you, over the coming weeks, but we find uh, hundreds of different leaks uh, every week that we try to help people with, even if they're not a client. Um, and certainly our clients are benefiting from clawback as well. So... That's it. That's uh, this episode, the first episode of Slipstream, brought to you by NotQuiteRandom.com. Check that out. We'll be relaunching that site in May, uh, hopefully uh, to uh, a little bit cooler site right now. It's a WordPress blog with only a few posts over the last year or so. Uh, but we'll be turning that into a more robust blog, and certainly Slipstream will be a part of it. That's the intention anyway. All right. That's it. I'm going to sip on my stash lemon Meyer tea, and I will talk to you soon. I hope you have a great and safe week. Take care out there.